praise the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This message is from the Glory Life City Church, where a man of God, the Apostle Francis, reveals the deep heart of God for the new creation in Christ. Glory Life City Church is a mandate from God to dispense the glory of heaven in the new creation in Christ, cultivating the apostolic heart of God in the intimate bond of fellowship, love, and power. Join in as the Apostle Francis takes us into the Word of God. Protocols of Divine Recovery. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. We started talking about DRP, Divine Recovery Protocols from last week. And we understood, amen. We understood that loss is a part of life and it's an inevitable function of time. Are you here with me? Loss, to lose something, is just a part of life. Even in science, you know, if you study mechanics, there is something we call wear and tear. How many of us have heard that before? Yeah, depreciation, even in accounting, we call it depreciation. No matter what it is, as long as it is subjected to time, after some days or weeks or months or even hours, it is not the same again. There is a reduction. Hallelujah. You see, right now, if you see a car parked somewhere for sale, 100,000 Ghana cities, as soon as you buy, you drive home and you want to sell it to somebody, it will not be 100,000 again. Amen. Automatic depreciation. Hallelujah. So, loss is a function of time. If you buy soup, how many of us have bought soup? Well scented. Power. We thought this soup will never finish. <laughs> until after two weeks you go there that is if somebody is baffled with you and you don't know you know sometimes uh, some people have been stealing soup I remember those days in the, in, the, in the hostel when you have a good soup it is always the first one to finish and then the bad ones will always be there they can be there for six months hallelujah uh, we, there are only times we use the key soap to bath and the sunlight so if you are using sunlight and somebody brings a geisha, well, that one will finish in two weeks. The sunlight will still be there, abiding, ever abiding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, everything decreases over time. As long as it is used and as long as it is subjected to passing time. I hope you understand it. In the same way, life, you are, you are beautiful today, you know, like a young lady, you are beautiful today, five years time, You'll be increased. It's like the more you grow, the more you increase the makeup to make up for the losses. Hallelujah. So loss is a part of life. There is time for everything. And because time regulates our lives, loss has become a part of it. It is normal to lose money. It is normal to lose value over time in whatever you are engaged in but you see when you come into christ hallelujah solomon talks about laws after the order of the fallen man he talks about losses he has observed under the sun amen but how many of us believe that we live beyond the sun praise god 
Because in Christ, the Bible says that we are lifted high and we are seated with Christ high above all principalities and powers. Do you get it? So when a person comes into Christ, he has been graduated. He has been lifted from under the sun to above it. Amen. How many of us are in Christ here? Praise the Lord. So there is a provision in Christ for recovery of losses. Under the sun, we have to find a way to, you know, accept our losses and live with it. Isn't it? But then when we enter into Christ, when we enter into the new creation, there is a provision of God to make up for every loss, to restore. Hallelujah. And to the point that he is able to restore sevenfold. Are you here with me? That means that when you enter into Christ, when you lose one, you have the potential to regain seven. Hallelujah. I thought that is good news for somebody. Praise God. So we are not just living under the sun where losses are inevitable and we can't do anything about. We are serving the God of restoration. We are in Christ where there is recovery. Hallelujah. We are in Christ where nothing is ever lost. Praise the Lord. That is the reality that this, this month I am trying to, you know, expose to you so that you won't just settle with life as it is. Are you hearing me? You will not settle with life as it is. Last week, we talked about several kinds of losses. Loss of opportunities. Loss of time. Loss of resources. How many of us remember? Praise the Lord. Loss of placement. And we talked about what causes our loss. One of them is insufficiency of being. There are some of you, there are certain things you have lost, not because of your doing, but because of who you are, because of where you were born, because of where you have stayed all your life. But you come into Christ, there is restoration for you. Hallelujah. God is able to go back into the years that you have lost. He is able to go back into the years of your life and correct everything that did not work in your favor, which has brought you where you are. Hallelujah. Somebody say God of restoration. Some of you are not in school, not because you are, you are dumb, but because of a particular place you stayed where certain things were not available. But when you come into Christ, the Bible says God is not a respecter of persons. Hallelujah. If he is able to do for person A, he can do for person B. Irrespective of differences in situations and differences in factors. God's ability to go beyond your factors that are working against you is what makes him the God of restoration. The God of recovery. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about, this divine recovery protocols. So you understand that in God, there is provision in God to recover everything that you have lost. But how is it possible? Praise the Lord. How is it done? So you should be able to come to a point in your life where you don't have any excuses for your insufficiency because you serve a God of recovery. Hallelujah. You serve a God of restoration. Praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Are you here with me? Losses 
a part of the fallen nature. But in Christ, there is recovery for you and I. Hallelujah. In Christ, we can recover positions that we have lost. In Christ, we can recover resources that we have lost. In Christ, we can recover time that you have lost. In Christ, you can recover everything, even opportunities that you have lost. Praise God. Some of you, at a point in your life, you had certain relationships that by now, if they had been kept, your life would be better. But somehow, those relationships left you. Praise God. Maybe not by your fault. Hallelujah. Maybe the person who was taking care of you died. And life took a different turn. But I am here to announce to you, there is a God of restoration. He will restore not only the relationship, but he will also restore all that you have lost all the years that that person was not present in your life. Amen. Yeah. God is a God of restoration. But there are protocols that we engage to be able to see recovery. There are protocols we engage to be able to recover lost opportunities. There are protocols we engage to be able to recover lost resources. There are protocols we engage. Some of you, you lost money and then you ended up with a settlement that maybe you, it is not your destiny to have money. How many of us have, have seen people like that? Where they lose something substantial and they end up thinking that God has not destined for them to have anything like that. They say, the thing for you never lost. <laughs> How many of us have heard that? Thing for you never lost. So the, 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 the verdict is that if you lose it, then it's not for you. Oh, but we don't live like that. Hallelujah. We are not of that food. We are of those who may lose, yet we know the God we serve. We understand how to regain. We understand the things to do in order to regain everything that has left our hands. May you come to that place. May you recover every opportunity you have lost. May you recover every resource you have lost. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How do we recover? That's what I want to talk about today. How do we recover things that we have lost so that we don't settle with a new way of life and settle with the absence of those things? That, oh, me, uh, since I lost my job, I think that maybe it is not my destiny. Praise God. May you never come to that point. I said, may you never come to that point. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How do you ensure recovery? Because God has made provisions for your recovery. Amen. God has made provisions for you that whatever you might have lost for whatever cause, for whatever reason, you can recover them. You can recover that relationship. You can recover that influence. You can recover that resource. You can recover that time. In fact, you can recover that opportunity. But how do you do it? Number one is your faith. Number one is your what? Your faith. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, the Bible says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. We have established the fact that one of the ways of the world is the loss that we experience. The world sees it normal. In fact, it is a way of the world to lose. 
When you talk to some people, they will tell you in everything, you lose some and then you do what? You gain some. Amen. It is a way of the world that if you don't take time, you will be, you will be overshadowed. In fact, you will be subjected to it. But there is a group of people who are able to overcome the world. They are able to overcome the conventions of the world. They are able to overcome the limitations of the world. They are able to overcome the ways of the world, including losses. Hallelujah. They are those that are born of God. And he says, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Praise the Lord. You cannot overcome the ways of the world with tactics. It first of all requires faith. Are you here with me? It first of all requires faith. It requires faith to say, hey, I have lost this job opportunity, but I will gain another one. It is faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It is faith that pushes you to come to that place of knowing that, hey, though this person who used to help me is God, but yet God is bringing me another one. Not just even one, but many others. It is faith. Hallelujah. Without faith, you cannot overcome the natural determinations of the world. You will be made subject to it. It is how things run. It is how things work. As a matter of fact, you don't need faith to go through the systems of the world. It, it is already determined. Do you get the point? You don't need faith. You see, when you, for example, when you finish um, your wasi in Ghana and then you are, you know, you, you, you get eight A's, you don't need faith to, 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 to get engineering. It has been arranged. Do you understand what I'm saying? It has been arranged already. But when you get 24, when you are out of the course of the world, you need something that enables you to overcome the world. Are you getting the point here? So when you are living in course with the world, when you are flowing with the world, you don't need faith. It is normal to lose. Eh? You go to places, they will tell you, God give it and God what? God take it. To console themselves. You see, when you come to that point where some of these statements and confessions are in your lips, your faith will die. Hallelujah. That's it for you never lost. God give it. God take it. You lose some. When these are your confessions, you can never overcome the world. You have, you have subjected yourself to the cause of the world. You have subjected yourself to how things prevail, how things work. You can't be any different. I get the point here. But if you will leave any different from the world, Bible says you must overcome the world not by tactics, not by skill, not by intelligence, but by faith. Loss is a way of the world. And you need a superior ability to overcome it. And that is faith. Praise the Lord. It is faith that keeps you from losing. It is faith that brings you recovery. It is faith that brings you restoration. Not complaints. Some people are, they, we are masters of complaint. In fact, we can complain, we can explain every reason why we lost something. 
and cannot convince ourselves even with one scripture why God will give it to us again. Hallelujah. It is not by complaints that you regain. It is by faith that you regain. It is by what? By faith that you regain. Praise God. You read the book of Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible said, by faith, many had their dead brought back to life to them. By faith. By faith. Many who lost loved ones, they received them back. By faith. Hebrews 11. Hallelujah. The room of faith requires that number one, you acknowledge God as your source and sustainer. If it is God who gave and not man, then you can recover. Hallelujah. I will better say man take it and God give it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Man does what? Man take it. But it is God. God does not take. Since the gifts and the callings of God, they are what? Without repentance. God, is, God doesn't run with budget to take from you and give to another. He has inexhaustible resources. He can give to everybody and not lack supply. Are you here with me? It is man that must take to give to another. God is a giver. Are you here with me? God is a what? Don't let this ever escape your heart. God is a giver. God is a giver and that should be your faith. Do not see man as your source. Yes, somebody gave you but God used that person. Just press down, shaking together. Running over, shall who men give unto you? So God uses people to bless our lives, but your faith is not in the person, your faith is in God because that person can take. Hallelujah! That person can change his mind, and you can't begrudge him. Hallelujah! Amen. How many of us have been promised a lot of things and it has gone down the drain before? Yeah. So, oh, ah, oh ah, tomorrow, there's tomorrow, 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 I'll pay you. <laughs> you call him. Say, oh, hmm. <laughs> I even thank God I'm alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when God is your source, He is a constant giver. Are you here with me? He is a constant giver. That should be your faith. My faith is that God is my source. I practically live by this faith. It's as simple as there are times I don't know where next my nest, where my resources are coming from, but I know it's coming from God. Hallelujah. It is coming from, from God. Not man. God is your source. How do you ensure recovery? How do you recover? Number two, focus. Do what? So number one is faith. Number two is focus. I want you to have something you can practically apply yourself to. Because a lot of people are living under the pressure of various kinds of losses. 
and lives have been misdirected, derailed from their causes just because of a loss. Amen. I have seen people who are no more Christians because of a loss. I've seen people who, who, who don't believe in God again. I have seen people leave ministry because of a loss. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have seen people who wanted to be engineers have now turned to become nurses because of a loss. <laughs> Praise God. And they complain every day when they are going to work. And you can't blame them. They wanted to be engineers. But a certain loss has made them a nurse. I've seen people selling on the street, not because they wanted to, but because of a loss they encountered at a point in time. A lot of us don't know how to recover. But this is the wisdom God is giving to you and I. May you never come to any point in your life where you have become what you never intended to become. And it is because of something you lost. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A lot of ladies have lost boyfriends and two years, three years, four years, they are still walking about. Hallelujah. No marriage. They have become uh, uh, plantain chiefs to all manner of men because of one loss. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you get a chance to be talking to people, you, you hear things. Hallelujah. So that you ask a lady, living all manner of life, you try to dig and dig and dig and it goes way back to some years back when, you know, somebody broke their hearts. And then because of that, they have put their lives on the altar to be sacrificed by all men. Sacrificing their destiny because of a loss. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. May you not come to that point in your life. Number two, focus. Focus. There should be a definite interest in recovering whatever is lost. You should be mindful and you should have interest in recovering. What have you lost? Pay attention to it. And recover it. Sometimes we don't want the hard work, so we quickly want to move on. Only after many years to now nurse the effect of our loss. Praise God. Focus on what is lost. Focus on how to gain it back. Praise God. Are you with me? Focus is necessary in the recovery program of God. God will not recover to you what is optional to you. Amen. Are you with me? God will never bring to you whatever is optional. What you don't focus on cannot be mandatory. It cannot be important. It can only be optional. If it is optional, it requires your focus. It requires your what? Your focus. You lost a job. The next moment you are looking at something else to do. You have already chosen an option. There is no focus. You cannot regain it. Are you with me? You can't regain You can pray. God. But you are not even paying attention to the thing again. You did a business, it failed. You are not even attempting it again. You are not reading about it again. You are not searching to find out where you made the mistake. There cannot be recovery. Recovery requires focus. It requires what? 
Yeah. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 29. The prophet. Elijah had an issue which he sent his servant Gehazi to go and sort out. And that was to bring back the life of one young boy through the ministry of the prophet God blessed a woman with. And look at what the prophet said to Gehazi. Then he said to Gehazi, get up thy loins and take my staff in thine hand and go thy way. And listen, if you meet any man, don't salute him. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if any man salutes you, don't answer him. And go and lay my staff upon the face of the child. The prophet understood certain protocols when it comes to recovery. Says you don't need to lose focus. Amen. Says when you go, don't greet anybody. And if anybody greets you, don't mind them. Risk offending people because of what you want to regain. Are you getting my point here? When you have lost a business, it is not something to laugh about. Risk offending people. They'll say, ah, you are too serious. Let, let them say it. You know, let's go here and go and eat. No, this is not a time for eating. This is a time for focus because I have an agenda. I want to regain this thing that I have lost. Are you here with me? He says, don't greet anybody. And if anybody greets you, don't answer. The willingness to risk offending people for the sake of what you are recovering is called focus. Remember the life of Jesus. He went to, also trying to regain, trying to recover. He was bringing somebody back to life. As soon as he got to the room, what did he see? He said, everybody should go out. Focus. There are certain times you don't need consensus. You don't need encouragement. You don't need people say, giving you fans. No. They should all go and sleep. Wake up alone and start putting pressure on the matter. Start praying on the matter. Are you hearing me? That is focus. Hallelujah. There are times you don't need anybody's opinion. You don't need to discuss with anybody. Lest they encourage you to take an option. So don't worry. Just, just, you can make do with this one. This one is okay. This one too is also equally good. You know that, that, that's, that, that statement. Equally good. If anybody tells you something is equally good, that person is not a good friend. Amen. Equally good. That means your life too will be equally good. Your life will be as close as possible to the original that God designed for you. Are you here with me? Focus. When Jesus came in, he sacked everybody. He said, go out. This is, this is, this is a, a protocol for recovery. And he was left alone. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Focus is the fuel for pursuit. You cannot pursue. It's like a car. You cannot move without fuel. The car, the beautiful car with a... Uh, Something, something, horsepower, engine, everything nice. Eh? Like a car I want to buy very soon. Pray for me, I'll buy a good car. I'll give everybody lift, one after the other. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everything is fine. It has a uh, five-changer CD player, uh, bus speakers, and everything. Nice. No fuel. You can sit in the car. No fuel, you will never go. Beautiful car. Hallelujah. 
beautiful car. In fact, noiseless car. I once saw a car. The thing was on. And we were standing by the car. We thought they have parked it. Until the guy said he wants to move. Then he started moving. Ah. So this thing was on all this while. May God bless you. To buy a noiseless car. Some of you, when you are coming, as soon as we hear the noise of the car, we know that this is you. The noise of your car, about one kilometer away, we hear. We hear that this man is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Focus is the fuel for pursuit. Everything can be in place, but without focus, you cannot pursue. Amen. Without focus, you cannot do what? You cannot pursue. In Luke chapter 10, verse 4, look at what Jesus told them when he sent them. He says, carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes. Salute no man by the way. The same thing Elisha told Gehazi. Jesus also told the disciples. Same principle. I am sending you on an assignment. There is something you must take. There is something you must regain. And the protocol is that as you go, you don't have business with people on the streets. Imagine somebody, we send you to go and buy something. Eh? We send you to go and buy something. You get to this point, you greet somebody. Hey, how are you? Oh, it's, a, it's been a long time. Oh. Then you will talk uh, one hour. You get that somebody also will meet you. Hey, hey, what's the of? Oh, look at your beer. I like your beer. Oh. Wow. Now there's everybody's everybody's growing beer. Then you start lecturing them on beer. Then you go another two days, you never reach. Hallelujah. Jesus said, carry neither script nor purse, nor shoes. Salute no man. Do what? Salute no man. When you are on a particular agenda, the agenda for recovery, focus is your fuel. Hallelujah. Focus is your what? It's your fuel. And look at what happened. In Luke chapter 22, verse 35, when they went and came back, look at something. And Jesus, he said unto them, when I sent you without purse, nor scrape, nor shoes, did you lack anything? What did they say? Yeah. Hallelujah. When focus becomes the fuel of your pursuit, your testimony will always be sufficiency. Your testimony will always be positive. You can never, you cannot go on a journey driven by focus and come back empty-handed. Hallelujah. And come back what? Empty-handed. May the Lord bless you with grace for focus. Some of you, you are too bothered about everything. You are bothered about everything. You are bothered about what people are saying and what people are not saying. Hallelujah. So when he didn't even tell me I've done well. If he had told you he didn't do well, too, you have a problem. Amen. You are bothered about everything. What they are saying, what they are not saying. What is people? The point is, they don't even see you. They are not even thinking about you. Ah, what would they see? They, are thinking, they have their own problem they are thinking about. Hallelujah. When you are on agenda, you, you know the losses you are dealing with. Are you here with me? You know the issues that have left your hands, the, the, the promises, the opportunities, the things that you have not been able to you know, capture because of several reasons and you are on an agenda to recover. You don't have a business discussing matters and looking for options. Your business is to focus. To do what? It's to focus. Hallelujah. There is a family heritage of wealth. Your father never saw it. 
and you too, the way things are going, it looks like you too, you won't see it. Put yourself on an agenda. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Put yourself on an agenda that I am going to restore. I am going to bring glory to my family. I am going to restore honor to my family. Put your life on an agenda and have focus. Hallelujah. Don't set it for just anything. Don't say, me too, I want to be a teacher. You want to be like your elder brother. What you want to regain will never come. Be better than your elder brother. Don't settle. Are you getting my, what I'm talking about? You believe, you know, we have prophesied. You, you see it, you have that sense in your heart that there is a kind of glory your family has not yet seen, even though it is still there. Say, God, I want to embark on this journey. I want to be the one that you will use to bring glory to my family. I want to be the one that you will use to honor my family, to bring prosperity to my family. I want to be on that agenda. And you want to be like your other brother. You want to be like your uncle who has been teaching for 30 years and is still renting one bedroom. Hallelujah. Paul said, as soon as I received the vision of God, as soon as God called me from my mother's womb, separated me, I conferred not with flesh and blood. There are certain things that said, no, I, I dare to be different. Hallelujah. I am putting myself on an agenda, on a journey, not to greet people. I am not here to be, to be pleasing everybody. I have an assignment. Praise God. I have an assignment. Is somebody with me here? I have an assignment. I want to restore glory. I want to restore honor to my family. The name of my father must be hallowed. I want to do something nobody has done before. I want to regain that which the devil has taken away from my family and from my household name. Hallelujah. You are going to invest you. You are going to see your uncle. No, so I'm going to invest you. Uh, I know that you are a teacher. What and what should I do to also become a teacher? Hallelujah. <laughs> greet no man on the way. And when they greet you, somebody will call you. Hey, I've seen that you finished school. What course are you going to do? So, I will call you later on this matter. I have an agenda. There is something I must pursue. Hallelujah. If you don't take time, eh? Good people, I'm not saying bad. Good people will take you out of your pursuit. With their good advices. So, oh, God has called you, young man. Say, ah, you see, not I don't I don't mean to say that God has not called you, but at least try and do something. Eh? Try and do what? Do something. Do something. Do something. Ten years you are doing something. Fifteen years you are still doing what? Something. Hallelujah. Say I am on a journey. Or say it like you mean it. I am on a journey. Say, God has sent me on a course. And I am recovering everything. Hallelujah. Number three, how do you ensure recovery? We said that loss is a function of time. In the same way, gain is also a function of time. Now, this is the thing. When you want to recover, you must basically... Increase your labor. Hey Amen. Do what? Yeah. How do you recover? Increased labor. Work harder. Work more than everybody. Hallelujah. Increased labor is a protocol for recovery. You know you have lost money. Imagine. 
Imagine, I was telling somebody, I was advising one business person, and then and I gave him a mark, a target that he should be able to reach every day in order to stay in the positive. If you're a business, you're to stay in the that means to, to, to stay in profits, okay? And then first day he, he, he couldn't reach it, second day he couldn't reach it, third day he reached it, was happy. I said, No, 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 you shouldn't be happy. By losing the first and second day, you have automatically increased your target for the third day. Hallelujah. Because cumulatively, you have increased your debt. So the day you seem to gain, you must gain more. Are you getting the point here? Do you, do you understand it? If you lose, the way to regain is to work harder. Working harder than everybody is not an issue of doubt. So, you know, no, we live by faith and not by sight. There is a place for faith. There is a place for works. James argued, says, show me your works and I will do all. I will show you your faith. That means that James used works as a way to judge people's faith. Do you get it? So he looks at what you are doing to claim or to ascertain whether you have faith or not. Apostle Francis, be right back. We hope you enjoyed this message. We would love to have you fellowship with us. You can locate us at the Shalom Motors Junction, Lashibi, of the Ashaiman Nungwa Highway for a Sunday Glory Celebration Service at 8 a.m. Welcome back to the message. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So for example, if you are sick and you, you believe that when I pray for you, you will be well, your faith is not in where, your faith is not what makes you lie down in your bed, believing that I will, uh, no, when I pray for you, you'll be healed. Your faith is seen in your ability to rise up and then pick a car and then come to church for you to be prayed for. Do you see the thing? So works, though, when you are sick and you are moving to church, it is a lot of work, isn't it? A lot of work, but it is a proof of faith. Do you get it? You say what? Sometimes when people can't even walk, they prefer that they will you know, raise them, put them on a stretcher or, or that the one they, they sit on, what's the name? Wheelchair and take them to the hospital. Why? Because they believe that when they go to the hospital, the doctor will, you know, uh, 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 diagnose them and get them a good medicine and they'll be well. What proves their faith? The fact that they could organize people to carry them. You remember in the ministry of Jesus, when some friends, and those are the friends you need, some friends had to break the roof. And I believe those guys, they should have studied architecture in one way or the other. Because, you know, Bible says the place was crowded. They could not even have entry. They couldn't even see inside. But they could calculate and know where Jesus is standing exactly. They broke the roof without causing any trouble. Amen. Hallelujah. They broke the roof without breaking down the entire building. Expert work. And they placed the guy right in front of Jesus. And the Bible said, Jesus saw their faith. They didn't say, oh, Jesus, we believe that you can heal him. No. They did something and Jesus saw in their action, he saw their faith. 
So you believe that you lost a thousand, God will give you 10,000, you will see it in how you are working. Are you doing a 10,000 work or you are doing a thousand work? Are you getting the point here? Hallelujah. You can't do a thousand work and God will give you 10,000. Praise God. Your faith is proven by your way. Increased labor. You cannot gain a double by a work which is worth a single. Are you here with me? Hallelujah. In Luke chapter 10 verse 7. Look at something. And in the same house, remain eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy. The word here is worthy. The laborer is worthy of his hire. The laborer is worthy of his wage. Go not from house to house. What that means is that don't, do not live beggarly. Don't live like a beggar. Praise God. Don't live like a... Like, some, some of you, you quickly resort to asking for help. It is so quick. It's like, it's like it is a default setting. When you try one and it doesn't happen, no, then you start up. Oh, can you can you help? Hallelujah. Asking for help is not bad, but help only fits when labor is in order. Are you getting the point here? Help is only necessary when labor is in order. Says the laborer is worthy. So there is a kind of measurement that goes with every labor. Praise the Lord. You see, in the kingdom of God, we do not work to gain. We gain and work for it. Let me explain. So in the kingdom, when a farmer wants to harvest, he must first of all determine his harvest and then by that determine his seed. So it is from the gains before the pain. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God calls you, Romans chapter 8, he calls you, he justifies you, he glorifies you, and then you begin the race. So, you perceive the weight of the glory. James talks about it. They were going through troubles and all manner of afflictions. He says that it is because of the weight of the glory ahead of us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, in the kingdom of God, the recovery protocol of God determines that for whatever we expect God to give, we must render a worthy labor. Render a worthy what? Labor. Render a worthy labor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Quickly. Hey. Jesus is Lord. I forgot to know. <laughs> so, three levels of labor or work. You quickly write it. I've talked about this in Ways of the Glory. I'm just mentioning it once again. Three levels of work. Number one, there is hard work. Number two, there is tireless work. 
Number three, there is smart work. So you must work on all these levels. Don't just work hard, work tirelessly. Hallelujah. Work what? Tirelessly. You don't say, I am tired. You can't be tired when what you are looking for has not come. I can't upon you. In this, our young generation, we have a whole lot of lazy people. They want what their fathers have in two steps or three. So three steps to success. So first step, second step, third step. When they finish, they are asking you, man of God, I have not seen anything. Is that all? <laughs> Hallelujah. Is that all? Praise God. Yeah, everybody wants something quick, 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 quick. Somebody was sick, they gave her medicine. Two days, she stopped. Why? After two days, I didn't see anything. Ha. That's the kind of generation you have. Two steps to health. <laughs> Three steps. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tireless labor brings recovery. Tireless labor. Tireless what? Labor. And then smart labor. Engage your mind. Engage your what? Engage your mind. Smart labor. Let me quickly end it. Number four. How do you recover? Persistence. Say it. Say it again. Persistence. Persist. Giving up is not an option when divine recovery is the goal. You don't give up. Hallelujah. Giving up is not, it's not an option. That's why there are philosophies of the world to logically explain away your lack of persistence. God gives, God takes. It's okay. So let's leave it like that. And yes, so some will even say, if it is for you, it will go, 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 and do what? And to come back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Persist. In James chapter 1, verse 4, but let patience have a perfect work so that you will be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So when patience is perfected, how is patience perfected? It is patience that, you know, gives you the ability to continue working until the result comes. What makes you stop? It is, it is impatience. Perfected patience is that one which will make you keep working until the result comes. And James says that when patience has been perfected, you will want nothing. You See, last week we talked about, we talked about in a, a pla the place of all words, sufficiency. That is a place where there is no lack. There is no want. I get the point here. And the key to that place, wanting nothing, patience must work. Patience must what? Must work. Ah, I want to be rich. You have worked with three years. You are still not getting, you are not seeing top. Four years. Keep working. Praise God. Keep doing what? We talked about rich men today. Listen, I am telling you on authority. You can go and do all your research. All the rich men we celebrate today, they have several decades of labor behind them. Several decades. Go and find out how many years Warren Buffett has been invested. Go and find out how many years Bill Gates has been doing what he does. Go and find out how many years, uh, even in our own Ghana, Honorable Kennedy, I was listening to him the last time. How many years he has been working? He says his first million dollars was 1995. Do the calculation. 96, right? Yeah. Do the calculation. How many years? Praise God. There are new, there are new generation millionaires who have become millionaires after two years, three years. 
and we know their story. Hallelujah. They are like the rising tide. They rise today, they fall tomorrow. They rise today, they fall tomorrow. There is the place of persistent labor. It brings durability. It brings what? Durable riches. Durable resources. Hallelujah. We were in this Corona time. Everybody's complaining. Hey, hey, hey. Kenya had just cleared containers over $100,000. Corona time. People are complaining. Businesses are shutting down. Durable riches. Praise God. We are in this country. Some banks shut up two years, three years. Corona time. They are laying people off. I love to celebrate people, but I respect durable results. I respect persistent labor because it is the way of the kingdom. Don't be in a rush. Okay, so you want to be a millionaire tomorrow. What about next year? What will you become? Take your time, labor, perfect your craft. Tell somebody, perfect your craft. You are a tailor. You are still struggling with straight line. You go like this, uh, and then it will branch somewhere. And you are you want to be a millionaire. What what do you want? Perfect your craft. Are you here with me? Yeah, perfect your craft. You are missing. We still we still stand by your wall when you when you when you lay wall. We say the wall has done something like that. No alignment. Amen. You are a tiler. We see the arrangement of the tile. It goes, ah, uh, then the thing starts slanting like that. You want to be a millionaire with this one? Hallelujah. Is someone listening to me? Yeah. You are a music minister. You are singing. Perfect your craft. Eh? So, so. <laughs> you have to listen to his, his single release. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Keep doing what? Keep working it. That is how to recover. Keep working it. Praise God. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, he says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Condition. If we do what? Faint not. If you don't give up, you will reap. Keep doing it. Keep what? There has been a research. Anything anybody chooses to do, if you can give eight hours per day consistently for 10 years, you will not back breakthrough. Even if you want to be a thief, and every eight hours, every day, you are learning how to break glass, how to open locks, and you are learning how to, how to, you see, you are, if let's say it's a, it's a mall, you are learning uh, people, uh, what do you call it, flow of people. You are calculating the numbers per second, how many people pass here, how many people pass there, how long this place will be empty. And consistently you are learning it, learning it, learning it, learning it, consistent. Eight years, you will be able to rob the mall and nobody will even realize somebody came here. 
Nobody will even realize that somebody has come. Until after many days, he said, hey, where is the money we put here? Three days ago, somebody gave you ticket. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So whatever you do, if you are persistent, I am a better preacher today than last three years. Because I'm preaching every Sunday. I'm preaching every Thursday. Now, my preaching has increased. Sunday, I'm preaching ways of the glorified. I'm preaching all manner of places. And I'm getting better with it. Hallelujah. Some of you are still struggling in prayer after five years of being a Christian. It's not anything new. It's because you are irregular with prayer. You are irregular. You pray today. The next prayer is two weeks time. Then the next one is one man time. So every day, that even the tongues cry will finish. English will finish. Tongues will finish. How many of us have experienced that one before? I don't expect you to, you to raise your hand. You know, English will finish. Even the tongues. You have been saying mama mama for two years. Three years. Same tongues. You have not graduated. Persistence. Hallelujah. And finally, covenant. Say covenant. How do you recover? Covenant. Covenant is a divine protocol that connects you to your past. It connects your present to the past and ensures accumulation. How does covenant work? When covenant is in place, what covenant does is that whatever is within the time frame under consideration, God connects all of them and then reveals them in your past, in your present. Praise the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandment to a thousand generations. So covenant is a divine connector. It's a divine one. It does not only connect people, it also connects resources. It does not only connect people, it also connects places. It does not only connect people, it also connects times. It connects last year to this year and makes this year a product of last year. Are you getting the point here? So when things are lost, a wise person will connect with covenant in order to regain. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? We should, and I'll be teaching it this one very soon. I think I've talked about Altars, I will be talking about covenants by itself and how to engage covenants and how to break covenants. Some of us are still victims of certain covenants. Hallelujah. Certain relationships that we have left, the covenant still remains though the people are not there. So certain influences are still there. Praise God. There are some of you, both men and women alike, we have been in certain toxic relationships before we came into Christ. Those people have gone, but the covenant still remain. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Covenant is a divine connector. When we want to recover, the wisest thing we want to do, the greatest thing we want to do is to engage covenant. Because covenant will always connect you to your past. Covenant will always connect you to places your feet have not reached. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Covenant. Covenant can make the, the success of somebody living in a different country also your own success. You will start reproducing it. 
is a divine connector. Praise God. We must understand how to engage covenant for our recovery. How to engage covenant on behalf of families. How to engage covenant on behalf of our own selves. How to engage covenant in order to connect with certain things that we have lost. Certain things that is, you know, you know I told you, losses are also by reason of insufficiency of being. The thing is, you know, as long as you are who you are, you, cannot, you can never become it. Unless by covenant. Covenant will connect you. Hallelujah. Covenant will do what? Will connect you. You look at the job you are doing. You look at the earnings. You will never in your lifetime, if you do your calculation, ever buy a car. But the covenant to come somebody who is working in that realm can open you up. You may not have to buy the car with your money, but somebody will dash it to you. Covenant. Covenant connects. Covenant does what? Connects. If you understand covenant, you will be able to recover. If you understand covenant, you will always live in the place in the realm of wanting nothing in the realm of all sufficiency may the lord by the covenant of salt preserve everyone may the lord by the covenant of the fathers connect you to graces that we have enjoyed connect you to places and realms of abilities such that you are and you will be able to do the same and even better than the fathers hallelujah for more information Follow the man of God on Facebook at Glory Life City Church or visit our website on www.glorylifecity.church.